He is risen. Hey, everybody. This is uh, John Robinson from Someone's Story. Um, and uh, happy Easter. Today Today is my favorite holiday um, for many reasons. Um, you know, and uh, I just wanted to put something out there on today. I, I'll be honest, I haven't really rehearsed too much, but uh hoping the spirit moves me to some extent. Um, you know, you know how they say that. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, so, um, just, this holiday has just gotten more and more special for me over the years. I think the reason I like Easter so much is because, um, it has, like, all this, all the significance of Christmas from a spiritual standpoint without, uh, without a lot of the pressure. (laughs) So, um, you know, I've always liked that. And, um, I just like the themes as well, uh, the concepts of, you know, rebirth, you know, resurrection, resurgence, transformation, um, you know, just new life, new opportunities, all that stuff. It's, 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 a it's, the holiday itself is sort of like a spiritual, it's sort of like a, it's sort of like a baptism in the sense that it just, it's an opportunity for you to step into the next, into a new phase and into a new part of who you are. Um, I mean, that's what Jesus was all about in terms of him rising, according to the Bible, was it, it was to, that was the completion of the process of the, uh, basically the atonement of our sins. Um, last, uh, around, last Easter, I was, uh, I was talking with a friend about the different symbols of Easter, you know, um, and for those who don't know, Easter's symbolism, and even the the, the term Easter, um, have a lot of pagan origins, and that's fine, you know, just, um, but if we're talking about the themes of the holiday, you know, I feel like it's not the bunny that represents Easter better than anything else. It's really more the butterfly, you know, how, you, how we enter this cocoon, and then we just kind of transform into something so much more beautiful in the end, even if we are an adorable little caterpillar at first. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and as I've mentioned in another episode on my Christmas time reflections episode, um, the day after Easter last year is when I kind of underwent a spiritual transformation, um, that kind of changed my outlook on life. Um, and it, it was a great, I thought it would, it felt instant at the moment, but really it ended up being gradual. And, um, you know, I've just, uh, I have a new outlook on the world and I'm so blessed for that. Um, but, uh, anyway, part of the reason I bring that up again is because, um, you know, and for, I, I want to say that I do not say these things, the things that I'm going to talk, the themes I'm going to talk about here I'm not talking about them from a political perspective. I'm talking about them just from a human perspective, from one human myself to another. Um, in in these case, it, which might be you all, or it might be the people involved in these things that I'm going to mention. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing that I really appreciate about the God of Christianity is that based on Christian, based on Christian teaching and Christian doctrine, you know, he was willing to live the human experience. Um, now, if you look at Baha'i doctrine, he was willing to, 
show his attribute, have it, have a, have a messenger with his attributes go through the human experience, you know, in some ways, I'm not sure exactly how all that works in terms of reconciling it, but that's a question for someone from the Baha'i faith, but anyway, um, basically, uh, I, I, the story of Simon of Cyrene on Good Friday always gets me, because it's just, uh, and it, it's not really even a story, it's just a sentence, honestly, or a couple sentences in the Bible. Um, and for those of you who don't know, um, I've, I've posted about this in the past, Simon of Cyrene was a man who um, he speculated to have been a, a man of African descent from, some, I think maybe from Ethiopia. Um, I could have that wrong, though. And Jesus, at one point, was so beaten and bloodied and whipped and stuff that he just collapsed and he, he, you know, Simon of Cyrene offered to carry his cross because of, he saw how weak Jesus was getting in his human body. Um, and, uh, Jesus, um, Jesus accepted the help and Simon of Cyrene carried the cross as Jesus kept walking up to Golgotha, you know, to be crucified. Um, and just the idea of a, a figure who is supposed to be God incarnate accepting help from another human being is such a beautiful moment of divine vulnerability. And those words, I feel like people don't usually put together. I think that we like to think of an all-powerful, invincible God. And, you know, maybe he is all those things, but... I gotta tell you, a vulnerable God is very beautiful to me. And as I've learned over the past year, vulnerability is strength, it is courage. Um, I feel like Jesus was setting that example for us to not be afraid to accept help. Um, and that's why I love this holiday and everything surrounding it so much, because that's what my... <laughs> Honestly, that's the, I mean, well, I, I was about to say that's the story of my life, and let me clarify there. I'm not saying the story of my life is akin to the story of Jesus or anything like that. What I'm saying is that what I do for a living, you know, my career, my own mental health journey, all these things are about being, I've had to learn how to be vulnerable, how to accept help, how to, um, you know, transform myself and reinvent myself in an ever-changing, ever-evolving world and lived experience. Um, I love looking at the human side of Jesus because, you know, like when he raised Lazarus from the dead, after I read the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita, you know, and, and I see this sense of divine detachment from Krishna um, in that in terms of his attitudes towards death and how we should not grieve. And yet, in, in Krishna is considered one of the, um, one of the uh, manifestations of God in the Baha'i faith. But if we look at Jesus, his friend Lazarus dies. And if, if he were to approach that with the same divine detachment that Krishna did, I don't think he would have raised him. But we see this human side of Jesus. And he raises Lazarus because Lazarus is his friend. 
that fascinates me so much. Um, but yeah, anyway, last year I was talking about the symbol of the butterfly, and I went through that spiritual transformation. Um, and uh, it's just continued and continued and continued. Um, and uh, I guess that brings me to yesterday. Um, I watched what might be the great, the single greatest piece of internet content I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was, uh, my, bro- my brother, he watches this, uh, YouTuber who runs a channel called Philosophy Tube. And I saw on, you know, the iPad that basically it was like a woman was running the channel. And I was like, and it said something about trans. And I said, did, is, is the, is the person from Philosophy Tube transgender? Because the person from Philosophy Tube, every time I had watched one of his videos, expressed themselves as male, you know? Um, and if I'm being honest, while I have respect for any human being on this planet, including a transgender person. And I firmly believe that it would be narcissistic of me for them, for a hu- another human being to cater their self-image to my own understanding or comfort level. I have had concerns about how society approaches this transgender issue for a long time. Um, not so much in that about necessarily whether it's right or wrong, but more in the sense of are we pushing these people towards healthy solutions? Is the concept of transition a healthy solution? And I never really claimed to know the answers to those things, but I just felt like we had been rushing to the conclusions that this was the solution. You know, and... uh I worried that maybe it wasn't the solution, you know, because not every trans person I've ever known who has made that transition has seemed a whole lot happier afterwards. I'm not saying none of them have, but some of them haven't, you know, and, um, and then I watched this video and... It's just beautiful. It's just... This guy... Describes so beautifully his experience... Living in a body... That... He doesn't feel like is his own. And then at the end of it... He... Reveals his new identity. Um, Or she reveals her new identity, I should say. Except it's really not her new identity ever. It's that she was stepping into her identity. And this woman, this trans, well, this woman is just, at the end of the video, she's beaming, she's beautiful, she's liberated. In a way that I have, if I'm being honest, 
in my encounters with transgender people, I haven't seen that sense of liberation. Well, in a lot of them, I haven't seen that sense of beautiful liberation. And I think that it's because she didn't just transition, she transformed, you know, like she stepped into who she was. And embraced it. And dealt with her issues. As just this beautifully integrated human being. And. It really made me feel a whole lot better about. The concept of. Whether transitioning is the right move. Whether it's healthy for people whether it's a healthy process for someone to go through, it answered a lot of those questions because as I looked at this person in this video, I could not deny that this person had reached a healthy conclusion to their... Well, not conclusion, a healthy solution to their identity crisis. I I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I just couldn't, you know, and... As I said, I think that's because she transformed herself. And I don't mean, and when I say she transformed herself, I'm not talking about her body or her physical appearance. I'm talking about her spirit. Now, I'm not, that doesn't mean that her dysphoria is gone and all that stuff, but just. To watch the beautiful transformation of a spirit is just... It's it's something that only... um, Divine... It is something that only divinity can accomplish. When we step into our own divinity and the Holy Spirit that exists within us... And so I ask you all today, are you who God wants you to be? And when I ask that question, I don't mean, do you fit the mold of whatever particular faith you have been exposed to or you subscribe to? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm asking you is, are you who God wants you to be? Are you the hu- are you maximizing your own potential in your own divine image? Are you are you are you achieving the purpose that either you believe God has laid out for you or that you have created for yourself? Are you maximizing the potential for who you are? I do not believe... It, are, are, in, in the unity movement, which is a Christian movement that also accepts other faiths as valid and does not believe in dogma, 
They believe that every individual human being is a different aspect or expression of the divine. Are you living up to your divine image, the image that God created you in? And I don't mean the image of the masses. I mean the image of you, of who you are, of what you want to be. Are you who you are, who you feel you are meant to be or who you or are you being your ideal or best self? Now, we never really reach that, but that should be our goal, you know. We all have different gifts. If God wanted us all to be the same, he would have given us all the same gifts. Or he wouldn't have given us a need for gifts because we live in a perfect world, you know? I mean, just... I'm asking you this question from a from perspective of unity rather than uniformity. And... I think that's something we're constantly searching for. I think when we're searching for God, we are also searching for ourselves because we are searching for our own divine image and and, and what God wants us to be, who God wants us to be. And as I watched this video, I I could not deny that this person, Abigail Thorne, had stepped, had, had taken a step closer to who God wants her to be. Um, and, uh, I'm actually, I might invite her on the show, actually, but anyway, um, yeah, just, and I've had to ask myself that question so many times, not the trans question necessarily, but the question of, uh, unless we're talking about transformation rather than transitioning and transgendering, but I just, I've had to, I ask myself that question constantly, whether I'm conscious of it or not. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, are you who God wants you to be for this planet, for you, for him, for all of this? Um, and I just, it's a question that I'm always grappling with, as I said, um, And the thing about transformation is that not everyone around you is going to understand it because they understand you one way, but they don't know what's going on inside you and your spirit and your psyche and your mind and all that stuff. Listen to your spirit when it pulls you in another direction. Don't jump to that other direction, but listen to your spirit and figure out if You're being, you're being needed in another way or somewhere else or just all that stuff. Transformation is uncomfortable for people, which makes it uncomfortable for you. They have a role in your lives that they're used to, but that's because they're, th- they're seeing you from their own perception and their own egoic views rather than what your spirit is trying to tell you. 
And um, that's how division happens, honestly. The division happens because we define other people by our own perspectives and our own perceptions. That's what makes division exist. Um, And unity is achieved in our divine image, not our egoic image. And I hope you think about that today. Um, Hope you think about where your spirit where the, where your spirit or the spirit is moving you what it's asking of you there's a reason that Jesus said that the only unpardonable sin was blaspheming against the holy spirit it's because the holy spirit is all pervasive it's what we share in common it's our common connection And we're living, and I'm living in a nation that needs to undergo some transformation. You know, I mean, we have a lot of things going on right now. One of them is this uh, trial of the uh, police officer who killed George Floyd. And I haven't been watching the trial because I don't need to. I saw two or three minutes of the video and I turn it off because that was enough for me there's nothing that can excuse that completely indefensible um and uh as this nation has tried to transform there's been pushback because people are so used to to the way it is and how we see it from our own perception we don't like our perceptions to be challenged So we label people, whether that's with a a racial identity or a gender identity or a um or 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 a religious identity or um a diagnosis. All these things are helpful in the sense that they help us make sense of the world, but they are only helpful when they are fluid. They are not helpful when they are rigid. And that's really important because as we live in an ever-evolving world, we need transformation. We need rebirth over and over and over again. That's why Jesus died. Jesus died so we could see our common humanity in each other. And avoid the uh, divisions of rigidity and sin and not loving each other and not living in an ever-evolving world. So I ask of you today, ask yourself whether or not 
you're going through a transformation. And if you, if the answer to that is yes, ask yourself whether you are embracing it or whether you are resisting it. And I mean a spiritual transformation, one that will help you. Not, because sometimes we go through transformations by walking backwards on a path or attempting to walk backwards on a path where now a wall exists and we can't go back. And the only way is forward. But we don't accept that, so we just keep banging on the wall over and over and over again. Anyway, happy Easter. He is risen. Um, I love you all.